Welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators, a monthly podcast series where two black men from the state of Maryland debate and get their hot takes on movies, professional wrestling, and TV shows. So have a listen, have a look-see, but nonetheless, enjoy. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? Yeah, 301 Colored Commentators back in the building. Episode number eight, y'all. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Hope you're having a hot summer. I know we are. The DMV. Yeah. Very hot. Mm-hmm. We had close to triple digits. Nowhere near like England or Spain where people are really suffering. But yeah. But then again, it's the DMV area. We could experience all four seasons in the span of a week. It's actually been a while since we had uh, a heat wave like we've had recently. I think this used to be common, like getting temperatures close to the hundreds or above. Yeah. But apparently we haven't had one consistently in like six years. Quiet has kept. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it used to be a lot more frequent. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm not, it's hot as hell, but I'm not complaining. I take the heat, man. I feel you. African. <laughs> you take that heat. <laughs> yeah, dog. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to talk about uh, three things. Uh, we recently, we, as a change of pace, we're going to talk about a recently released movie as opposed to a throwback. Yeah, we watched Jordan Peele's Nope last week when it came out, so we got plenty to say about that one. Yeah, for sure. We're going to talk about the inaugural SummerSlam event in 1988. Mm-hmm. And lastly, the Netflix three-part Kanye West documentary, Genius, a Kanye trilogy. Yep, yep, yep. But, yeah, so what's been going on with you, Anthony? Um, before uh, I get into, you know, stuff that I'm getting into, I'd like to uh, send my condolences and prayers to the family of Marcus Ayelu, a.k.a. Cody, Cody Banks, Banks, who recently passed away. Like in the last two days, unbelievable. Can't, I still I still can't believe it. Um, it was like we're all on this, this thread. Yeah. He's uh, granted I've muted the thread because there's a lot of activity. I usually check it at least once or twice a day to see what everybody's talking about. And he's like one of the most chattiest people on there. Very. And he used to crack me up on that thread, and then just to he's wake not. up wake up one day and he just he's dead is just crazy to me. Um, the knowledge, yeah, it's just yeah. yeah I I can't can't believe it. He's always been a good kid. I I like he's younger than us, so I think he came in. We went to, we went to school with him. We went yeah. to high school together. I think when we were juniors, juniors or so, he, he was a freshman. Back then, he was smaller than everybody. That's taller. And then he had like a serious growth spurt. Now he he's he's six two um, now, and uh, it, it it really hit home that he just passed away like that. So um, prayers, thoughts. Go out to his family, and uh, I know he he had a daughter and a, and a wife. So, um, yeah, um, very sad. But um, yeah, um, back to what I've been, I guess, listening to. Um, uh, Burner Boy just released an album not too long ago called Love Damini, which yeah. is uh, um, you know, his I think it's his middle name, his Nigerian name. Uh, which was pretty good. Uh, I've been listening to also Brent Fire's uh, latest album called Wasteland. That's that's good. Uh, and this not this artist. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name is Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey, He's Gemini writes. It's not really like I don't even know what genre to even put him under, but he is decent. Um, also, and obviously, I still listen to uh, a lot of Mariah the Scientist. Still, still in rotation. Um, so yeah. That's about it. Um, how about yourself? Um, what's it called? Um, as far as films, I recently saw Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, they they uh, they don't take it. They don't take themselves seriously no more. That franchise. <laughs> actually- I I could tell from the I could tell from the trailer. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet though, but I could tell from the trailer it was gonna be funny. It reminds me of Shazam. How the, the Shazam <laughs> no way. Yeah, I mean for the jeez, they really up the comedic the comedic elements in this film. I mean for the third film, Ragnarok, mm. it needed it. Yeah, 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 that was the kick in the ass that the Thor franchise needed, considering the serious, well, not the serious, but the dull tone of the first two films. Yeah. But this time, which is over the top. Mm. It's like, yeah, you're part of the MCU, but I'm not, I'm not sure whether I should take you seriously. Yeah. <laughs> in other words, you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> no, yeah, Marvel films. Marvel, oh, gosh. Yeah, the Marvel movies for, yeah. for Phase 4. Yeah. Disappointments for you. They've been a train wreck for the most part, except yeah. for Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. I still yeah. need to see Shang-Chi. Spider-Man was good. Very good. Spider-Man was good, yeah. The, the TV shows have been better, and in San Diego Comic-Con this past weekend, they debuted what's going to be going on for Phase, for what the remainder of Phase 4 and Phase 5. Yeah, yeah, my sister actually sent me a link about that. We, so, we, yeah. we, we got to get to San Diego one year, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. My cousin's gone a couple times. He lives in San Diego. Never been he said San that joint was fire. That's a mecca. I've been to New yeah, York. It's yeah. close one. Yeah, he said it's fire. I need to. I need to pay him a visit. He's been there for a while. I just haven't gone out there yet. So, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. That's that's basically it. What about music? What's 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 new in, in your in your rotation okay. or old that you're oh. re- revisiting? In my car right now, it's basically a ladies' first theme. Um, I got a bunch of female okay. rappers: Eternia, Lauren Hill, Word, Shaynor, Rhapsody, Remy Ma. Her, okay. her first and only solo record. Yeah. I, for, I forgot. I actually <laughs> I forgot you had that. I, I haven't listened to it since I bought it. I bought it because I was a big Terror Squad fan. At, at the, the time, time. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Terror Squad, Cool and Dre. Mm-hmm. That's actually an all right album, though. Yeah. Better than I thought. Uh-huh. And who else? Gene Gray, her too. Okay. But okay. Um, as far as newer albums, um, that uh, that DJ Premier EP that came out, the Hip Hop 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't listened to it yet. Slick Rick, Run the Jewels, yeah. um, Rhapsody, and then Remy Ma on the same track. Yeah. And Pretty also, good. Here's a dope. It was all right, and my yeah. favorite joint right now is the um, the Lloyd Banks album, the uh, the Course of the Inevitable Part Two. He just dropped one, or is old? He just dropped it. Oh, okay. I mean, he had Course of the Inevitable Part One last year, and that was a sleeper record. This Pretty one's good. just mm. as much of a sleeper. Um, I know Joey Badass just dropped the album in 2000. I need to listen to that. I mess with Joey, man. He's nice. Speaking, so. speaking of Joey, uh, Power Book Three is about to come on. Another yeah, two I saw that too. He actually killed his role in the first one, man. <laughs> the first season, I was actually. Unique. Pleasantly surprised and shocked that he did such a good job on there, man. Unique, right? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So shout out to Joey. Yeah. Joseph Badmandem. Yeah, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't see, wait to see what, how his character's angle is going to go for. Yeah. Last yeah, year. yeah, yeah, yeah. He got pinched. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he cleverly got pinched. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. definitely looking forward to that, too. Yes, um, yeah, his mom on there is, you know, she's like our age. I didn't even realize that. The 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 Kanan's mother, Kanan's mother in the in the, the woman who plays Raquel Thomas. Yeah, she's like our age in real life. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, she's either like a year older or a year our age or a year younger. Like she's right around up our our age. Yeah. She she could be that age in the show too. That's true, considering yeah. the timeline. And she yeah. had him, and she had Kanan when she was young. Yeah, yeah. Considering the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So yeah, that should be should be dope to see. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and let me say one more thing about the Thor trailer, the Thor movie. Put some respect on Jamie Alexander's name. That's Lady Sif. Fuck Natalie Portman. <laughs> Damn, that's how you feel. Look <laughs> at Lady Sif and, and, and the Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson. Have them fight. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I haven't even seen it yet, so yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I, 
I will find a way to watch it outside of the theaters. I'm like, Natalie Portman, you already got your Oscar. You don't need to be in no more Marvel movies. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of didn't expect too much. I expected it to be more comic than anything, like funny. So, um, that's mm. why I probably won't be as disappointed as you when I see it. Because yeah, yeah. the trailer definitely, like, I was like, yeah, I can't really take this one serious. But I'll watch it anyway. Yeah, the trailer, the Marvel films, the trailers are better than the movies for the most part. Especially that Doctor Strange movie. Mm, mm, mm. That was good. That was good, actually. I'm still a little bit mad about that. You don't like the Doctor Strange? The trailer was better than the film. Uh, uh, I, I, I guess it was cool. It was cool. It was cool. And, and never mind, and never mind that X Men cameo in the film neither. I mean, I'm oh a, yeah, well, I'm a, yeah. I'm yeah. the biggest X Men fan in the world, but even I sat yeah. there and thought that that was fucking cringe. Yeah, you, you definitely are. I think you're like <laughs> the biggest personal Marvel fan I know. Period. Even my shirt. Like, I think you could go toe-to-toe with anybody when it comes to Marvel knowledge. All, almost anybody. There's some people out there that are fucking probably. Jedi, that are fucking Jedi Masters compared to me. And probably. I look, and I look up to them. Yeah, probably. But, like, that's 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 an anomaly. Those yeah. battles are anomalies compared to what I've seen. But yeah, they're rare. Then they're again, rare. what do I know? Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Yes, sir. Let's get started. Let's get started. Okay. We, like we said, we recently saw the movie Nope last week in the theaters. Released mm-hmm. July 22nd. Written and directed by Jordan Peele, who did Get Out and Us. Yep. Um, this film stars, stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Steve Yoon, um, Brandon Perea, Ren Schmidt, and cameos from Michael Wincott and Keith David. The plot? Oh, before you even go into that. Yes. So there was this whole social media rift lately about the comparison between Kiki Palmer and Zendaya. And how colorism is involved with the fact that Kiki Palmer is not worth nearly as much as Zendaya, um, given her resume, because she has a way more illustrious resume than than uh, Zendaya, but she's worth like half or even not more, if not more, which there might be truth to. But I, 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 I sometimes I cringe about how people just kind of throw that out there. In the midst of everything, instead of just kind of celebrating both of them, being that they're both minorities, I get that we do have an issue in colorism, but there's a time and a place for everything, and I think there's time there's a time and a place to actually address that. But now they've kind of created an awkward space for both of them. Um, unfortunately, Kiki also responded oh, and did. was like, "You no need to no, you shouldn't like, you can't compare me to her." Da 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 da. da. I'm like. Even more cringe. Granted, Kiki, man, Kiki's resume is definitely. They're both dope. They're both good. Yeah, Kiki's definitely has more has a more extensive resume. But there are a lot of other factors that in, that are included to net worth. For for instance, like uh, uh, Zendaya has been in Marvel movies, and they gross money. Yeah. They gross they gross more than your typical movie. So I think net worth is not necessarily a. a Unnecessarily a good point of emphasis to to actually illustrate um, colorism more so than actually if you were to compare roles offered to them, then you have something a lot stronger. Because if someone, for instance, stars in two in two um, blockbuster Marvel movies, they're probably going to make more than someone that actually then, makes a good actual um, credible like acting role in some indie movie or something that is actually more respectable by in terms of acting 
you know, because of the because style, of, because yeah. of the things that Zendaya has been in, the Marvel films, and yeah, before, before yeah, she's yeah. more well known. Exactly. So like, so I don't see how colorism plays a part, even with the fact that Zendaya. They, so I, I won't dismiss it all the way they might be, but I think I think it's. I think it's not the time and the place for that. And I think because of that now, they, they, you've put both of them in an awkward m- space where now when they see each other, it's going to be weird. Um, like, even or... Though they, even though they, had, they more than likely didn't have no beef at all. Right. So, and then also, like, now, you, you, they might be interviewed and someone might ask them about how they feel about such and such. Instead of just, and, like, celebrating both actresses, and have they now been, you... Have they ever met before? I don't know. I just, I just thought it was just not the time and the place for that. Um, so, These but fan theories—they always, they always do this. And it was trending. Reason. It was trending heavy. So uh, I was a little disappointed about it. Um, they even do this with fictional black characters too, saying they have a different shade on them, yeah, a different color. But it's like, it's like, okay, just depend. I don't think they're trying to be whitewashed. It's just yeah, like different... yeah. No, colorism is a thing. It's don't a get thing. it twisted. It, it is a thing. It's, yeah, it is a it's thing. Not, but but there's, there's a time and a place for everything, and I think. But it's not everywhere. It's like, not. Yeah. So, um, and I and that's not even to say I just completely dismiss this because they might be. I haven't really looked into it. But I think at the same time, it's a stretch and, and not appropriate where, think, for both of these young actresses where you, you should, instead you should be uplifting both of them. Um, but, I mean, that's my stance. You're probably going to read about it. In, in, probably. Yeah, because it was trending heavy last week when, after the movie was released. I mean, um, we've seen colorism or at least um, attacking colorism in films before, like Precious. Remember yeah, that film? yeah, yeah. Or what's it called? You get a overweight, dark skinned black girl. I remember that. Yeah, and her three, the three saviors in the film, yeah. all happen to be light skinned black people who, in real life, were actually half white. Paul Patton, yeah, yeah. Lenny Kravitz, and Mariah Carey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a word. Um, so, I think, I think we should be uplifting both actresses. They're young. They have a long way to go in their careers. And I think they're a beautiful, beautiful illustration of what black women can do in, 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 in Hollywood and in the media space. Because they are very, both of them are very positive. They, they talk about black issues or issues that, you know, we face. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So instead of trying to create this awkward space between them, we should celebrate both of them. Um, but yeah. Let's not go too far away from our topic. I just thought I had to throw that in there because it was related to this in the last week. Okay. So, but yeah. Okay, the plot of the film. Um, OJ and Emerald, played by Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, are siblings, the Haywood siblings. Yeah. And they run the Haywood Hollywood Horses, which is a horse training ranch in Southern California for horses that are going to be used in Hollywood films. Yeah. They inherit the ranch after their father, Otis Sr., played by Keith David, dies from what we think is falling debris from the sky. Yeah. yeah they spend yeah. the next six months losing control of their business and needing a way to get money and seeing what they think is a UFO in the sky, they mm-hmm. want to get what they call the Oprah shot, like yeah. a video or photographic proof of an alien mm-hmm. so they can get rich off it yep. and reclaim their family's their family legacy's place in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But what ensues throughout the film are a lot of hidden messages, yes. imagery, symbolism, and themes that don't almost don't seem like they, they tie in, but by the end of the film or a second viewing, they, they make, go together. They make a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a Jordan Peele film, so yeah. it's like the, all these disparate elements, they come together, and it all makes sense in the end. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yes. Um, so far, it's been a critical and commercial success. It's definitely recouped its $68 million budget. Nice. Um, 
It's been drawing parallels to Steven Spielberg films of the 70s, particularly Close Encounters of the Third Kind because mm-hmm. of the UFO connection, mm-hmm. and even Jaws because of the timing of the release, and Jaws being the, the prototypical summer blockbuster. I mean, that film... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's killer. They're about to re-release it. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we saw, saw it in the theater. theater yeah, yeah, they're yeah, going to re-release yeah. it in 4K. Yeah. yeah, I love that movie. And that film, that... If, if, he ever, if there ever was a blockbuster making nearly a half a billion dollars against a nine million dollar budget, there you go. There you go. There you go. That's just that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Definitely one yeah. of the earlier um, horror movies that scared the, the shit out of me when I was a kid. I, I watched Jaws the first time in um, when I was like five or yeah. four, and it made me scared of the sea. I was always afraid of the sea because of the sharks, and but it also it also. So it also like um, uh, drew my intrigue in uh, sharks. So <laughs> I know quite a bit about sharks because of that movie. Yeah, yeah. He likes swimming in shark infested waters, y'all. I love nature, mm-hmm. animals, actually, yeah, animals, does. animals especially. You went to the Grand Canyon a, so, a year, or more than a year ago. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, so uh, yeah, that's my tie with Jaws. But yeah, keep going. Okay, with Nope, there's a lot to talk about in the film. Uh, yes. Nope. That could be an acronym for not of planet Earth. Right, right, right. Right. And the film, the way it starts, like I said, a disparate element in there that doesn't seem like it should go with the film, given what we saw in the trailer. Mm -hmm. It starts off with like a massacre on a TV set. Yes. That that a chimpanzee seems to be responsible for. Gordy. Gordy, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that ties into into, uh, what happens in the middle of the film, actually, yeah. We get to see how that ties in, and it's also a parallel to the UFO itself. Because yeah. having an animal on a sitcom, like you know, like even even a fake even a fake one that's animatronic or Muppet, like Alf or Harry and the Hendersons or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah th- those they're props. They are. They're yeah. props yeah. used for a spectacle, which is yeah. a, which is a major theme of the film. In fact, the film actually starts off with a biblical quote: mm-hmm. Nahum three six, I will pelt you with filth. I will treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Peel has a habit of doing that now, like yeah. adding yeah. biblical quotes, quotes in, at the beginning of the beginning of his film, yeah. To let the audience know what they're in for. Yeah. 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 And this film, Spectacle, is kind it's of like, one, it's one of the themes of the film, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like pretty much the under underlining theme of the everything. So and, and it goes into tears after that. Um but yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh I think there's so many parallels between the whole even between the actual show at the beginning of the of the movie and then the actual flying object, aka was a jean jacket. Is that what they jean, nicknamed? That's, it? that's what they called a jean jacket. Jean jacket, yeah. Um, parallels between those two and just society, um, human nature, regarding how people love to make a spectacle out of things they don't understand or things that are different, um, particularly even. The closest thing you can even think about are animals in general, like wild animals. How we like to try to, you know, abduct them from their natural habitat and make them spectacles for, you know, for income. Like, like, like in the show at the in beginning, the mm-hmm. that um, even the circus recently, some a guy was attacked by a bear. It happens all the time. Lions do it. Siegfried um, and Roy, yeah. Yeah. So like, um, it just kind of goes to show that like we humans dis- disregard boundaries especially with regarding wild animals and even ourselves like when we don't understand each other 
in the past, uh, and I don't necessarily need to tie race into this, but even during the times of slavery and colonialism, they used to, um, white people used to... Uh, auction us off. Not even, not even auction us. Like, they used to have black people in zoos. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. For exhibitions or, like, they would play some kind of spectacle where there's an audience of white people and we're just there in like our entertainment. Ripley's believer, not yeah. shit. And even in modern day, athletes, athletes and entertainers, when they actually try to be human and actually express their emotions or their thoughts about certain things. A lot of times no, no, no. they're... You're an athlete. You're an athlete. You're, exactly. Um, so, like, we a lot of times disregard boundaries relating to, you know... A Kaepernick. Like, when he started kneeling, somebody was like, who is this athlete to, to, to kneel like this? You're a football player. So just be a football Exactly. Player. Or, like, LeBron James, shut up and dribble. The whole, yeah. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah like... Um, so, it, it just kind of spans across... All facets, um, mm-hmm. and I'll let you go more into it, and then I'll kind of elaborate as well as far as what Jean Jack and what they discover about him. Yeah, because at the beginning, it's he's perceived to be just a flying, a saucer. flying saucer, but yeah. there's definitely more to it. But like, I kind of cut you off, so I'll let you go in, and I'll just every, every now and then I'll just throw in tidbits. Yeah, you know, what, so what, we know, what we know about Jean Jack at the yeah. flying saucer is that it's it's a predatory it's a predatory entity yes it yeah. is it yeah. is and, and territorial very territorial yeah. and views being looked at as antagonistic if you look at it it's going to suck you up and eat you yep yeah yep. yeah so what's it called and that parallels gordy because yes. jean jacket much like gordy is an untamed animal an animal that can't be tamed really mm-hmm. and what set gordy off on the um, on the gordy's home sitcom set mm-hmm. what made him go crazy and kill and maim his, most of his cast members mm-hmm. were, were balloons popping yeah yeah. Yeah. Because after he went on his rampage, he's like looking around, like calm down. Yeah. And looking for the other kid, the Asian kid. Um, yeah. Like the Ricky. Yeah. Who? Yeah. yeah. Who's hiding under? Who's hiding under under table. the table before Gordy gets shot? Yeah. And another thing about that is, Gordy tries to do their customary fist, fist bump, bump that he yeah. does with Ricky as part of the show. Yeah. And Ricky's not looking at him at all, but he knows he's there and tries to acquiesce. And, and that's like a parallel between like the finger touch thing between in E.T. E.T., yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the point with that is this. Ricky, as a grown man, he just, he capitalizes on that trauma. Mm-hmm. What he should have been traumatized by, he didn't learn a lesson by Absolutely. No, yeah. Because he tries to, t- he thinks because he survived with Gordy that that gives him some kind of a... Immunity. A charm. Yeah. Charm with animals that he can't really tame. Yeah. He tries the same with Jean Jacket tries to make Jean Jacket part of his amusement park, his yeah. Western-themed amusement park yeah. called Jupiter's Claim. Yeah. Yeah, but what happens there? He pays the price it's for disastrous. his father. Yeah. And so do, so do his audience, his family, children. Yep. At yeah. least 40 people. Yeah. And also, also what I want to say is him not learning any lessons, one of the themes of the movie is a bad miracle. Yeah. The bad miracle in his survival was he kept looking at a shoe that remained upright from one of his cast members. Mm. Right, the shoe remained upright, and he even kept it in a in like a display as, a, as an adult. Yeah, the fact that he was looking at the upright shoe and not at Gordy that saved his life. Yeah, and also prevented him from learning a lesson. Yeah, that you can't tame what can't be controlled. Yeah, in addition to that. What was also lost on him was the fact that he's an Asian kid adopted by a white family. Mm, he's a, he's a spectacle. Right. I, didn't, I didn't even catch that. He is a spectacle. He's so a spectacle. Right. A prop. 
a prop that got later replaced by an animal, a chimpanzee. Yeah. And that lesson was lost on him. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even catch that. That's a good one. Um, and then to kind of to throw into your whole description of of um, Jean Jacket, he basically represents wild animals or animals from the wild. Like, for example, um, gorillas. Mm-hmm. Give me an example. Gorillas are very... Granted, they're not the closest anatomically to the humans. I think chimps are. But if you actually observe a group or a colony of, of, I guess that's what they call them, I don't know if they're colonies, but a group of of, uh, gorillas in their natural habitat, they have very, very similar um, primal behaviors to human beings. Like they play with their kids like we do, play with our kids. Um, The males are very protective of the the females, usually nurture the kids and uh, are nurturing per se, and the males are, they protect the territory. Um, when you come in close contact with a gorilla, they always tell you to bow your head or have your head down as a as a show of respect. Yeah. Because if you if your head is up or you actually make eye contact, it's seen as a challenge or yeah. or a threat, and that's when it, it could be harmful. But generally, they're very peaceful animals. Um, they are also very territorial. So when you come in the territory, the males usually come and guard, and they're like, "What's going on?" And then if you just show like humility like you know gestures that okay yeah, i respect i respect they let you pass like yeah. that's why a lot of um local in the congo and stuff a lot of the locals were able to kind of move their way through mm-hmm. gorillas granted there's unfortunately they're still endangered um if you but if you don't know and you go and you actually enter their territory and you actually make eye contact or keep upright in the midst of the males you right. could get you could get torn apart and it's very similar to um to jean jacket whenever you make eye contact with it mm-hmm. it'll it'll definitely take that as a threat and try to you know and ricky is played by you. and ricky played sorry to put you no off. that's cool no, go ahead. Uh-huh. and ricky played by steve steven yoon as a grown man yeah he did not respect that power of jean jacket i mean yeah. he was buying horses from uh from oj from from the haywoods yeah and feeding them the jean jacket and thinking that's what he was going to do for his show but no he paid the price for mm-hmm. that folly yeah he did yeah and, mm-hmm. that, and, and and that's another thing. What's it called? Jean jacket. It, it, it could be a stand-in for like how even like how black people were or used as as props mm-hmm. for for display. Yeah. Or even yeah. Even because of its color, it's white and its predatory nature. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> similar to Jaws. Yeah. The, the, the Jaws the white shark. parallel. Yeah. 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 Or trigger happy cops. Trigger happy. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. Yeah. But the nature of Jean jacket is it's not evil. It's just. Just hungry. Yeah, it's driven and, by its and primal instincts. Exactly. It's it's not evil. It's it's just territorial, hungry, and you know, similar to a lot of animals in the wild. Lions, like we said earlier, gorillas, um, even bears. Anything, anything in the nature. Like at the end of the day, if you respect its boundaries, you'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> we yeah. tend even snakes, which are generally considered man's enemy. A lot of times. They don't. They don't go around attacking humans. It's usually when you disrespect their boundaries. Same thing with bees. A, same with bees. Just a, yeah. Just about everything that's in the na- in nature and wild in the wild. Basically, you don't fuck with them. They won't fuck they, with you. Exactly. Exactly. But we tend to, you know, disregard that and take that for granted. Yeah. Um, that small. coexistence, and then when when things fall apart, and then we tend to blame them and hold them at fault, and then decide to, you know, go killing. Or, yeah, it's always, most of the, almost always is on us. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, that, that's one of the parallels drawn in, this, in the movie. Um, 
anything else? Yeah, yeah. What's it called? The um, the theme about Black history, Black people being yeah, erased yeah. from the annals of history. Yeah, yeah. Um, the ho- the horse in motion, the very first motion picture capture in yeah. this film. They say that the person on the horse was a black man. He's the Haywood siblings' uh, great 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 grandfather. Yeah. Three greats. Yeah. yeah, three greats. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it shows another theme because nobody, people know who took the picture, but they don't know who's actually on the horse. Exactly. And with the Haywoods, oh, another Easter egg in the film was the Scorpion King hoodies that we saw in the, in the, and later in the film. Later in the movie, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Haywoods, they train horses for Hollywood films, and the Scorpion King was going to use their horses until they decided to go with camels instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they yeah. got to keep those, uh, those hoodies as memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. Just showing that the Haywoods, as a black business, were further removed from Hollywood. And by getting Jean Jacket, a picture of Jean Jacket, they're going to get their place right back in there. But it also it also brings in the, the idea of capitalism, which is what em- Emerald and Ricky, Ricky with the with the Jupiter's claim, want to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. And a legacy, which is what Otis Sr. And, and his son want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually funny. What's his face? When they first go into Ricky's office, and he's like, "Sukasa es mi casa," <laughs> he kind of flips that around. Like it's supposed to be "Mikasa es Sukasa," which is my house is your house. But he's yeah. like, "Your house is my house." Which basically he's trying to buy out their ranch, pretty much, and yeah. use their horses mm-hmm. for his uh, amusement park or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of more or less a foreshadow of what he was trying to do. Um, yeah, and, he, and it shows his trauma, really. It's like he never got over his trauma, and mm-hmm. he just capitalizes on it or just frames it in, in a humorous reference. Like like when, when he talked about how Chris Kattan mm-hmm. uh, from SNL back then. Oh, yeah. He, he did a yeah, parody of it. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. Um, if he, if he, he never got, I don't think he ever got the psychological help that he, he should have gotten. He should have gotten, yeah. He would probably be alive. <laughs> probably be alive and and not and and more well adjusted. Yeah, um, yeah. In addition to that, like uh, I think that key point about you know erasing like black contributions to history is it was, it was an underlining theme when uh, I think it was Emerald was the one that pointed out when they were doing that addition with the horse. Yeah, uh, that yes, their great grandfather was the first guy to you know supply horses or to hollywood or something like that a lot of times that's the case in american history a lot of i think granted these days things are starting to change a little bit but a lot of times like uh black people or people minorities contributions to uh to history and, and development is usually like put on the back burner we never really taught about it um, yeah like when we were in school it's like i didn't really learn much about real black history until i was in high school really exactly before then middle school and um, elementary school, all they yeah. tell you is Martin Luther King. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, it's it's true. It's true. I want to I want to <laughs> say today it's a lot even it's even much better than when we were in high school. Uh, I think more they're more assertive, of, like introduction, introducing, and and you know, and more black giving te- credit. And more black teachers are actually advocating that too. Yeah, it's necessary, um, and I think that should be across the board. All minorities, everybody that has contributed to this country's development. Or history, for that matter, should get their credit because this country is a melting pot. If you're not Native American, then you know, true that. You're, ne- you're definitely not from here. So more than likely, all the immigrants that have come in here, different races have have contributed somewhere or one way and another to its development and, and its transition over time. So credit needs to be given. Um, so I think he kind of subtly threw that in there in the movie. 
He did, yeah. yes, with the with the two siblings trying to get a get some proof of Jean Jacket. Yeah, not, not just for the money, but the added bonus of having black figures as the one who provided the historical proof. Exactly, exactly, I, exactly. The ironic thing is that's where the cameo for Michael Wincott from The Crow and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Where he comes in, he's an eccentric filmmaker and a white guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. shout out the, the sheriff's cousin. Uh, as I keep yeah, calling, yeah, 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 yeah. White spoon cousin. <laughs> yeah, and because that's dumb, twitch hurts more. We might, we might have to do that movie sometime later. That's <laughs> a classic. I, I won't mind doing that movie later. That's a good one. Yeah, but yeah, they get a white guy to help them to help to help two black people get into history books, which kind of like I kind of understand that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. here white people hold the cards. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. 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 And also, also, what's it called? You notice Jordan Peele, he had a chopped and screwed version of that Corey Hart 80s uh, one-hit wonder sunglasses at night. Yeah, I did. I did catch that, yeah. Yeah, linking to not looking at Jean Jacket, I thought. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, And, um, yeah, Jean Jacket, also, I think they illustrate two parts of Jean Jacket. The fact that he... Or she, or whatever it yeah. feeds to, you know, to survive, and also feeds when threatened. Um, but the feeding scene, this, yeah, like it also things like, that it can't digest, so it'll inorganic it'll, matter. Yeah, inorganic matter. It's exactly that's the best way to put it. Inorganic matter, so it'll like regurgitate all that out. That's kind of how it was able to accidentally murder. Uh, Father. The father, yeah. yeah. Otis, Otis Senior's... Yeah, uh, yeah just, it, it just shat out a coin. And yeah. And it right in his head. Right. And then the fact that... The fact that it's a coin probably gives us an idea. That coin was from the amusement park. So he probably yeah. ate some someone from the amusement park at First. some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some boy. From, with, when he was within the amusement park. Um, and then what was indigestible, it just kind of... The, the scene, though, after, after, after he sucked up Jupiter... I mean, uh, Ricky and his family and the 40 people to see what yeah. inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I wasn't, I wasn't disturbed by that so much as like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. it probably has some kind of enzymes that digest them alive or something. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah. but the disturbing part is you actually hear the bones crunching. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then they're screaming. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then Jean Jacket just decides to, to piss all that out in blood. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that bloodbath in the house, that wasn't a reference to The Shining. That was it, it relieving itself. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. So. And lastly, the whole thing where they try to capture Jean Jacket's presence was with all those cameras and surveillance equipment yeah. around their barn and yeah. their ranch. Yeah. It reminded me of The Truman Show, the Jim Carrey movie from 98. Hmm. Yeah, not, not because of the whole reality you don't know you're in a rea- you don't know that you were born and living in a reality show part not the surreal part about that but the constant cameras that follow you everywhere you go yeah yeah the whole 1984 type theme right right right, right, right. yeah orwellian right i think another thing that was important was was the fact that uh um jean jacket was like a it was like a vacuum to electricity so like yeah. anywhere wherever it was present electricity could not conduct so it was very difficult to capture it using electronic cameras like an emp yeah exactly or anything electronic so ironically the best way they were able to capture that picture kiki palmer's character was able to capture that pack that that uh the footage was actually using a mechanical camera Mm -hmm. um which i guess is is kind of interesting 
when you think about it. Analog. <laughs> Analog, yeah, exactly. And, um, and I like how Peel satirizes like like our need for spectacle, like the the motorcycle driver, the TMZ guy. Yeah, even after yeah. his the, the the electricity to his uh, motorbike got uh, sucked out because of jean jacket. Yeah, and he got injured. He didn't even care about being injured. All he cared about, is my camera okay? Is my camera, can you get the footage? I'm like, that's I, all you care I about? remember that. And that's usually, that's kind of true too. Like, you deserve uh, to die. I'm like, you, you can kill him. It kind of reminds me of uh, that Dick Dinelaw movie, I forget, when he's like a reporter. Oh, a nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. And like, he didn't even care, like, when his assistant yeah. was at threat. He just wanted the footage mm-hmm. um, so he could make money. Yeah, and build much. his brand. This kind of goes back to your whole capitalism theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, by any means necessary any means to get this spe- yeah. spectacle out. Um, any yeah. means necessary, and respecting nature as well too. Because the, yeah. one, one, another thing, another parallel between Ricky yeah. and OJ. Yeah. And curiously, OJ is named OJ after after a fa- another black man yeah. responsible for a famous spectacle yeah. inside of a white vehicle. I think he did that purposely too. Yeah, he too, definitely made that purposely. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I the first time I, I kind of took note of that was when they were auditioning the horse, and the lady was like, "Your name is OJ." I was like, "She was white." I was like, "Oh, oh uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah." Like very subtle, Mister. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, OJ, he 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 knows how to tame an animal. Yeah. He knows. He knows yeah. how to tame an animal. He was trained in that. Yeah, it's 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 what he does for a living. Yeah, yeah. Ricky, no, no, just not so much. Just because <laughs> you survived with, with what's it called by um, Gordy's rampage by pure dumb luck doesn't yeah. mean you know anything. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And like I said, and again, he paid the price for that folly. Yeah, a moral of the story from this movie: respect nature and its boundaries. Yes. We, like I said, I've even said this a few episodes ago. We human beings know how to fuck shit up every time. Granted, we all have innate... We also have our own primal innate uh, uh, characteristics and traits. But because we have that ability to think a lot more um, abstractly than other animals, we tend to think we're superior. And we fuck everything up, fuck everything up around us. And that eventually comes back to bite us in the ass. So, yeah, um, I love nature, so I definitely saw these parallels quickly in the movie, because a lot of times, um, like, I, I enjoy watching, like, uh, Discovery, uh, what you call them channels, Natural Geographic and stuff, and just kind of see animals in their natural habitat, the beauty, and then also the respect of how dangerous those environments are, not only for us, but everything else, and, like, they're suited for that. Yeah, that's, that's the way nature is designed. It's yeah. just like the circle of life. It just works that way. And we tend to feel we're superior. Assert, and a lot of times we just don't respect assert, that. And we try to assert our domain over and we really just leave it alone. We'll leave it alone yeah. half the time. So, um, yeah. We always are you know, driven to, to create a spectacle for money or for our own entertainment. Not even you know, being mindful about you know, the, our surroundings or what other people or other things feel in, in, in that space. And, right. and it's a shame. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we recommend that you watch the movie. No, it's why, good. I, I remember the, the first time I, I actually only watched it once, but the first time I watched it, I was like, 
when I left the theater, I was like, geez, that's a lot to unpack. I was like, what the fuck? But the, the more, the more I, I actually just started thinking about it, yeah. the more I was like, oh, I started connecting stuff. Um, so and, and, and getting some pieces on YouTube of the, of the film that were on there before they got taken down, that helped me a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. Some, some of the stuff that you even discussed with me, I was like, yeah, I have to see that as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jo- Jordan Peele, he puts a lot in his films. Too. Yeah, his yeah. films are really well thought out. You, sometimes you got to really think about it. Also, product placement, the icy. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I kept wondering when I kept seeing him wearing an icy T-shirt behind the scenes. Like, what is this fit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right before the. Uh... Exactly. Exactly. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, did they even show what store that kid with the camera, the IT guy, came from? They did say what it was, but like, I wonder oh, if it was like a real. It was a real store, actually, yeah, but it got discontinued. It went out of business during the beginning of the pandemic. I forget the oh, name. Oh, okay. There we go. Fry Electronics or something. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's also low-key product placement in its own right. It is, yeah. So, but yeah, definitely go check it out. And after y'all check it out, if you haven't checked it out yet, please leave comments what you thought about the movie. Uh, about what also give critique or support from our ideas as well in the comments whether it's on the YouTube video and or our Instagram page or audio as well we'd love to hear it um, because you know we love theories we're like police officers yeah 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 yeah. this is not an absolute answer right or wrong just our thoughts yeah yeah. just, just our thoughts and you know so we'd love to hear that yeah man okay What's next? Okay, SummerSlam 88. Okay, it took place August 29th, 1988, but here's a little background of the event. So, now, this is the inaugural SummerSlam event. Mm-hmm. And back in the 1980s, Vince McMahon and the WWF, their main rival was National Wrestling Alliance's Jim Crockett Promotions, right? Mm. And they had the first pay-per-view event for professional wrestling, Starcade, in 1983. Vince McMahon, he countered two years later with WrestleMania, the inaugural event being in March of 1985. Mm. Yeah, the, the event was... I so did not know that. Starcade was the first one. Mm-hmm. I thought WrestleMania was. Okay. It's good and to know. With the success of WrestleMania and with WrestleMania 3 in March of 87, mm-hmm. that was the most successful professional wrestling pay-per-view event ever. So McMahon wanted to follow up eight months later with Survivor Series in November, the inaugural event there. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. And, fun, and curiously enough, Curiously enough, Survivor Series, that aimed to save the same day as Starcade 87. Oh, wow. It was the same day? Mm-hmm. But guess who won the ratings war for that one? Starcade at the time? Survivor Series. Survivor Series actually overtook it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Starcade is a big one. So much so that two months later, McMahon started another another event, but he didn't debut this one on pay-per-view. It was on, Rumble? Mm-hmm. Okay. On the USA Network. Okay. The same day, Jim Crockett Promotions tried to air their pay-per-view event, the Bunkhouse Stampede. The Royal Rumble, that was a record-setting ratings event for USA because 80 million people tuned in to look at that event. Shout out to that. And another thing, two months later, WrestleMania 4. What aired the same day as WrestleMania 4 from Jim Crockett? The first Clash of the Champions event. Again, Mm. guess who won there? WrestleMania WrestleMania. And guess what happened to Jim Crockett? He filed a ba- he filed for bankruptcy right after that. Wow, is that where Ted Turner bought his company after that? Bought the company, yeah. rebranded it, and relaunched it as World Championship Wrestling yeah. or WCW. WCW. The wrestling. But yeah, shout out to those people. So, for me as a wrestling fan, like my most respected WWF pay per views are Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. The big four. The yeah, those, four. those are the ones that I originally grew up on. So everything else is kind of like eh, it's a pay per view, but it's not. 
like those are the the ones when those are coming up. I was like, I gotta watch those because those are like, those are the OGs, like the ones I watched when I was like a. Me too. Basically, grew up on. Yeah, like when I was like six, seven, like that's what I was watching. So till today, like mm-hmm. when you when you when I look at WWF uh, pay per views, past and present, it's those ones that I look to see. Okay, how did that turn out? I know WrestleMania is the biggest one, but my, my favorite Summer one. Slam is right behind it. Yeah, my favorite one is either SummerSlam or Survivor Series. I actually prefer Survivor Series. He loves the he loves the first Survivor Series. First two, the first, first two. two, first two are, are definitely uh, definitely classics for me. Um, but yeah, yeah man, with this going. with this right here, yeah, with McMahon wanting a new pay per view event in August to round things out, SummerSlam, yeah. yeah. That event was highly successful. 20,000 people attended Madison Square Garden. They had a 4.5% buy rate for pay-per-view. However, Ted Turner got shook, and he wanted to keep McMahon from having a monopoly over the professional wrestling wrestling pay-per-view market. So he started airing a pay-per-view event every month. The Bash of the Beach, the Great American Bash, Starcade, Halloween Havoc, etc. A practice that the WWF would not implement until the mid-90s with the in-your-house promotions. I I can't let us continue without... Saying uh, shout out to McMahon, he had to step down recently. He just recently retired as retired. The, as the head of uh, the WWE for uh, he got me too. He got me too, basically. And so now Triple H is the is the new Triple H and Stephanie, I yeah, guess. the new leader. So I'm sure he's going to be working That's, under under the under the radar. Probably, yeah. yeah I mean, he'll still yeah. have like a, a position in the company, a right? Position. Yes. What an error, though. He's he. Yeah, he, he's a douchebag. I I can't stand him as a person, but he's, you, he's you a genius. Deny, you can't deny, deny his influence. He's a genius when it comes to entertainment, but mm-hmm. he's as a human being terrible. But yeah, back on. Oh yes, okay. Where are we at? Yeah, this is the time that McMahon was moving away from closed circuit programming over to pay per view, and SummerSlam solidified that for him yeah. so much so that it became an annual event. Yeah, the biggest party of the summer is what it's called. It's right behind WrestleMania, and usually yeah. takes place in August. Yeah. For me personally, the ones that take place in Madison Square Garden, this one, the 1991 SummerSlam, and the 98, those are my favorites. I think I saw all of them, actually, those ones, ones you're talking about. Mm-hmm. My favorite one, ones were 88, 89, I like 91 as well. Yeah, those three. <laughs> New York audience. So 89 fun. is probably my favorite one of all of them, because my man was on there as the commentator, he made a difference, Ventura. But yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, he wasn't Jesse the Body. Yeah. Yeah, he was not color commentator on this pay per view event at all. Uh, no. It was Gorilla Monsoon and the guy that everybody got their style from, Superstar Billy Graham. Yeah. Shout out to Billy Graham. He is the OG of the blonde muscle heads. Like, <laughs> so, like, it was him that Hulk Hogan got his persona from. Yes, yes. Big time. Like, literally stole his style. Um, Je- Jesse Ventura was another one when he was wrestling. He yeah. took a lot of ideas and concepts from Billy Graham. The whole lavish 70s hippie look with the bandanas and the mm-hmm. biceps, the posing. The poses, a lot of the poses yeah. actually came from him originally. Billy Graham, yeah, yeah Billy that. Graham was the OG of that. Um, and he was a really good wrestler until... He broke his hip or something like that, mm-hmm. so he had to retire pre, uh, predeterminately or whatever, early, uh, beforehand. Um, but yeah, he's a legend. For those that don't know him, he's like the OG. So if you think Hulk Hogan and that yellow and red and then the blonde, the Fu Manchu, mm-hmm. Billy Graham is the OG of all that, for sure. Indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Indeed, and and also, you notice this this pay per view event, it, it had the Royal Rumble. Stadium. Not the Evangelist either. <laughs> the wrestling being Billy Graham, yeah. different people. Yeah, 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 but yeah, keep going. You notice that this pay per view event had the Royal Rumble theme music. It, it didn't yeah, have, it, it was the original one that it, had it. Yeah, yeah, it didn't have the SummerSlam didn't have its own theme music yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But okay, the matches. It started off with the um, what was it? The Fabulous Rougeau brothers against the British Bulldogs. Yeah, this was probably the longest match of the event. Yeah, and, and it came to a draw. A time limit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the Bulldogs won this match. Yeah, Bulldogs whooped their ass. Shout out to my man Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy. Rest in peace. Uh-huh. And, and, the, uh, and what's it called? They, the, the Rougeaus didn't even have their theme music yet, neither. No, yeah, that just was funny as hell. <laughs> they had their, they had those, that was a funny-ass theme music, yo. They had those, One of my favorites. Yeah, mine too, the Jimmy Hart's and yeah. uh, what's it called? Jim Johnson, I think. Yeah, Jim was. Johnson was the, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they had those comically small American Breaker flags, flags where they control the audience. Yeah. But not, not the theme music that, 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 that really just brought everything together. Yeah, yeah. I think they had just switched. Because they, they, they were faces before. Yeah, they heel turned, yeah. Yeah, they became heels, like, yeah. Yeah, that match, that was a good match from, like, come on, the outcomes, like, get the hell It's out annoying. Of absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And both both teams, and is that, is that the start where what's it called the Rougeaus and the Bulldogs the beef, start having beef? The beef began there, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacques Rougeau, he'll talk about it all the time, especially since the Bulldogs, both Bulldogs are deceased. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Rest in peace, R.I.P. Legends. Um, yep. S- second match was Bad News Brown against Kempatera. Yep. He was Kempatera. I just realized this. Kurt, this is my second time seeing this SummerSlam, actually. You've seen it more than I have. Yeah. But Ken Patera, he's got like a... That's where Kurt Angle must have got his gimmick from. That whole Olympic... Yeah, well, Olympic, Olympic thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he had, he went to jail. Ken Patera? Yeah, he yeah. was a former jailbird. It used to be... When he was a heel, he used to be three or four times bigger than what he was at when this... He used yeah. to be much like in the 80, like 86-ish... He was huge because that, that's when he was still doing that strongest man contest. So he was mm-hmm. much bigger. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Bad News Brown, my, my Harlem, Harlem's finest. <laughs> yeah, the ghetto blaster. The ghetto blaster, dog. Bad one of the, one of the few black people in, in wrestling back then. And not only that, though, he was unique because he was a heel, but he didn't even like his fellow heels. Yeah, he was badass. They could have done more with him because he didn't lose much. Yeah, he didn't. He was actually a success. And he won fair and square. Yeah, he used to win fair. Exactly, he used to win fair and square. I I wish they used him a little more, a little better. Same here. They didn't market him well enough, but he was badass. He, that ghetto blaster was a nice, nice finishing maneuver. It was, yeah, it was a nice move. You worked on Ken Patera. Oh yeah, yeah. You put him out. Put him out. Third match: Ravishing Rick Rude versus the Junkyard Dog. This match just shows how savage Rick Rude is. That's my man right there. Mm-hmm. He he came. Not only did he have have tights with the junkyard to the dog's face on him, but he revealed he had tights underneath it of Jake the Snake Roberts' wife, uh, Cheryl Roberts. Oh, yeah, right by his crotch. Ah, uh-huh, by his gangster, crotch. gangster. Oh, that's savage. And he did the little swivel, hip uh-huh. swivel. Did the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right at the crotch, <laughs> face, face, and face of mouth, right at the crotch. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Jake obviously was blown and pissed. So he came out there and attacked him, so causing a, a disqualification, disqualification yeah. getting Rick Rude the win, yeah. and then he's trying to calm down the junkyard dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like that, that, that would have been a cool angle if they, they had, had a, if they had a, a feud. Jake yeah, against the junkyard dog, the whole especially the whole animal part. Right, right, right. That's true. That's true. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that that was when they had uh, Rude and um, Jake had that feud going on. 
and, and Jake, Jake, Jake was trying to swoon his wife, dog. Shout out to my man. Rick Sorry, Rick Rue was trying to swoon his wife. Shout out to my man, Rick Rue, man. Flat out said, I want he's, your wife. He's a savage, dog. Simply ravishing. Flat out <laughs> said, I want your wife. Even though Rude was happily married and, and, and ded- dedicated to his wife. I believe he kissed her one time and he, she slapped him. He bring out some chick from the audience and kiss her. Yeah, he used to do that a lot. He used mm-hmm. to do that a lot. All you sweaty hogs at home, let me show you what a real man looks yeah. like. And his physique was beautiful. That man was ripped. Mm-hmm. So he was he was little compared to like the warrior, but he was ripped. Like there was definition. definition. He, it was more definition, more sculpted. Yeah, the warrior was, was like just like yeah, bulky. Just, I mean, he was ripped too, but it was like not symmetrical, which is huge yeah. when it comes to weightlifting. But yeah, Rick Rue was a. They should also could have. They could also could have done more with him. Granted, he won the the Intercontinental Title. Yeah, he was a good wrestler. He was good enough to actually hold the heavyweights because he he could wrestle well. He, he, got, he got more play in WCW. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. Where him and Jake the Snake actually teamed up and were allies. Oh, in WCW uh-huh. when he when they when they switched when they switched yeah because yeah I know when he switched he it didn't take long for him to win the title. Oh no, he beat Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He, fell, he actually when he first moved there, he came there as a masked man, mm-hmm. with the same name. Nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah and he came with the same name as the masked man, and then he eventually dead dead at the mask, and yeah. But, that joint, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Number four, the powers of pain versus the Bolsheviks. I didn't know. I didn't remember that slick. He managed the Bolsheviks at one yeah, point. Yeah, he did. Briefly. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. But they just came out swinging. Yeah, the powers of pain. That's I. I feel like that's a theme for all this shit. Like the powers of pain could have definitely they could have done more with them as well. They, they were have. larger than life, like a larger than life tag team. They were huge and um, huge, like literally physically. But like um, I think they could have done more. They could have even done they more. Have, they should have got a title win. Definitely could have had a title win, and they could have done more with the demolition. Yeah, they they um, should have more of that angle. Yeah, yeah, with the demolition feud because. Um, yeah, they could have gone far with that. Um, they were talented, especially the Barbarian. Really good, really good. The Warlord was a little bit stiff, but... He was. But um, they were still good. Like, very brutish, powerful. A little bit explosive, too, but just, like, they were fun to watch. Um, this was, like, the beginning. They were starting to set up the... the demolition feud. Yeah, it was starting. This is, You could actually even tell the commentary. They actually made a hint. Like, yo, I can't wait till they actually get in the ring with the demolition and... Yeah, they would do that. The color commentators, they would just do that, mm-hmm. like set up feuds. Yeah, like subtle. Like yeah, that. subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it didn't go as well as the fans probably expected to go at the time. But that was a decent match. Um, yeah, the powers of pain, they won. Yeah, I didn't know Boris Zukov was American though. Yeah, I found that out later too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that out later. Sure, they were like a jobber tag team, if you ask me. <laughs> they were close enough. They weren't jobber, but they were close enough to be jobber. Almost. They weren't conquistador levels, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Almost, not quite. Exactly. Then we got the warrior and... Uh, before, the that, before that, the inter- interlude oh. of the Brother Love show, where he... Oh, with Hacksaw. Where he interviews Duggan and Trollsman about Dino Bravo, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah. Then we get to one of the events that was a highlight of the... Uh, of the, of the um, of the the, the, the match, match, yeah, of the, the event. The warrior, um, as a surprise uh, challenger, defeats Honky Tonk Man in like thirty seconds um, for the Intercontinental Title. Uh, originally supposed to be um, um, Brutus. Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus Honky Tonk Man, but the outlaw Ron Bass put him out of commission with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. 
um, cut him in, cutting him in the face where he requires stitches or whatever, so he couldn't make it. And so Honky Tonk's dumbass goes and says he'd rather fight, he'd fight anybody, doesn't matter who. And then the warrior comes out and beats him in record time. After, mind you, after the Honky Tonk Man win, holds that title for like a year and a half. Yeah, 14 months. Greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time because it wasn't just like 14 months. He, oh, he beat everybody. He, like, he beat Savage. He beat Jake the Snake. He beat he should not have Steamboat. Beat <laughs> he beat all of them. Granted, he cheated. It was still amazing that he beat all. Like, I think his era was the most competitive Intercontinental era of all time, in my opinion. I love the Intercontinental Because he, um, he fought, like, legit guys. Like, he wasn't just, like, holding it to hold he it. He wasn't a Bob Backlund. Yeah. He, he was, fight he was fighting, like, legit wrestlers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think he even beat, like... Hacksaw too Like he, he He like defended it Against like legit re- Granted he cheated Yeah But he still defended The title He had the guitar Before Jeff Jarrett did Right 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 So And the funny thing is With that match though The aftermath of it All the heels Are trying to console Honky And all the faces Are congratulating Warrior <laughs> And they were like What the fuck Is Warrior talking about <laughs> The spaceship it's like, I'm not hard to find. I could be found In parts uh, The nearest spaceship parts, To parts of the home I gotta love that man's uh, promos, man. Parts unknown. Parts unknown. Uh, That's what I should say. When someone asks me where you're from, parts unknown. Yep. 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 Shout out to the Warrior. There were a few wrestlers that came from parts unknown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Warrior was like probably the most significant one. Parts unknown. I've never seen it before him. Yeah. 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 Um, number, number six. The Rock, Don Morocco versus Dino Bravo with Frenchie. The version that we have was edited. Because yeah. the, the Rock's music was the same as Ken Patera's. He was using, at that time, he was an understudy for, uh, um, what's his face? Superstar Billy Graham. Oh, yeah? So, like, at the time, at the time, as you noticed, I don't know if you noticed, at the beginning of the match, when he comes in, he's pointing at Billy Graham, like, yo, shout out to you. Well, he was even wearing, yeah, he was wearing a tie-dye outfit. That whole concept was from Billy Graham. Okay, I didn't So he came out with that music. Billy Graham's music. Billy Graham's music was also the Olympic, the one that Ken Patera came out to. I did not realize so, like, that. So, like, when I rewatched it, I was like, wait, the music, that's not how the music goes, because I watched the original. Uh-huh. So, I remembered, I was like, yeah, that's, so he, yeah, he came out with Billy Graham's uh, music, because he was an understudy. Obviously, he was also on them roids, because he got extra, like, veiny and ripped by that time. Pause. But, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... But yeah. The, yeah, Bravo wins by a side suplex, and he comes up with a USA is not okay. Right. Shout out to Dino Bravo. Rest in peace. He was also another. He was pretty cool as an early heel, and then they didn't know what to do with him. And he gets killed in some drug deal gone bad or something. Yeah. Yep. There was some Canadian mob or something like that. The last time I saw him was on Primetime Wrestling back when I was a third grader, and he had brown hair, and it didn't even look like him. Yeah, I wouldn't. His brown hair was his natural hair, right? I yeah, think so. Yeah, it had to have been. I yeah. think so. I think the blonde was dyed. So, but yeah, um, yeah, that was a strong man match, and Dino came through. This is when they were trying to promote him as like, like a legit, like a legit superstar. And mm-hmm. After like '89, he just started to dip. No, yeah. eight, well, mid after '88, actually, end of '88, beginning of '89, they didn't know what to do with him. They had too much of a big roster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Lucky number seven. Tag team championship match. Heart Foundation a, versus Demolition. That was a really good match, actually. That was actually a really good match. Demolition had two managers. They had the Hart, Jimmy Hart and yeah, Mr. Fuji. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Demolition cheated to win, but some cool things happened in this match. The Anvil, Jim Neidhart slingshotted himself out of the ring to hit Smash. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool thing to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good match. Like, it was really entertaining. Back and forth. Power slammed him. Yeah. Um, actually, whenever they fought, they always... Whenever the Demolition fought, either of the following. Uh, Heart Foundation, Bulldogs... And even to some extent, the brain buses, it was always a good fight. Like, it was entertaining. Yeah. The, the quality, the quality was good. The Demolition Boys, they could wrestle, yeah. Yeah, quality was good. Yeah, and the Hearts, they can wrestle too, so yeah. that, that, that's how you know you're going to have a good quality match. Yeah. Even yeah. though Demolition cheated, Axe grabbed Jimmy Hart's megaphone, using yeah. Bret Hart yeah. to retain the tag titles. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. the Hearts would get their revenge two years later in SummerSlam 1990. Yeah, 1990. That was a good match, too. That was a good match. Yeah. But by then, Demolition was using the free, the free bird rule, which, which has since been outlawed. That allows three members. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The Fabulous Freebirds, they had that. They had that first? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. It's, named, it's named after them. Oh, I see. But I remember was, them. They were WCW guys. Yeah. yeah. They, they had the Confederate flag as like a robe. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. them. I remember them very well as a kid. So, yeah, that was a good fight. I think that might have been my favorite match when I, when I look back at that whole event. That might have been my favorite match. It was really good. It was one of the ones I liked, yes. Uh, uh, Eighth match, the big boss man in his SummerSlam debut. Against, yep. Against Coco Beware. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's it called? Billy Graham notes that the standard big boss man. Standard ass whooping. That's what I call it. It was a standard ass whooping for the black guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah prison guard being the black guy. Yeah, man. The standard ass whooping for the black guy, dog. And, 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 and Slick. Slick being a black pimp who's got this white redneck correction guard under his control. Exactly. Using him to beat another black pimp. Another black pimp. Like, no. Slick, you are a sellout. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. He's like, I think it was one of my his first matches, Boss Man in WWF. Yeah, in the first his first big review of that. Yeah, know? yeah. So, um, obviously, he would he, rise. He had no theme music, neither. No, he didn't at the time. He would rise to be a prevalent um, superstar. He'd heal. As that year continued. Yeah, he was a good heel and a good face, too. Yeah. Um, he was agile for a big man. Very like agile. Very agile. Mm-hmm. Um, very athletic. Um, yeah, so, like, and then they, they would start his, his feud with Hogan soon after that, after that pay-per-view. Um, so, by the time Survivor Series came around, it was him. His feud with Hogan was, like, at an all-time high. Yeah, 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 yeah. And translated over to the Mega Powers. Exactly. Group. The Mega Powers and the Twin Towers started that feud as well. So, but yeah, that, that was a decent match. Just a standard ass whooping for Coco. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Birdman. I love the Birdman, but he's still getting beat. Yeah, man. Um, What's it called? The ninth match. Hercules Hernandez versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Yep. Yeah, Jake... <laughs> Hercules Hernandez is another ripped dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was huge. Pause. Yeah. And uh, Jake the Snake, he managed to catch him in the DDT and win. Yeah. But he brought Damien out with him and put yeah, him on Yeah, yeah, put him on Hercules, yep. I wish Bobby Heenan, I wish he was common, He was a commentator for that because anytime that Jake the Snake would bring out Damien, Bobby the Brain Heenan would be like, Look at the size of that snake! Uh, yeah, oh yeah. my God, bro! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. At the time, I don't even think he, this is when he was getting ready to sell him. That's why he, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't even there at, by his side. At that time, he was uh, Hercules' manager. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't there. So, I think at the time... Hercules went went face a few months later. Yeah, he was getting ready to sell him to... Uh, who did he sell him to? I think it was uh, Slick. The manager's sell. Yeah, he sold him to Slick, and he was like, nah. Nah, so, I'm, I'm on solo. Yeah, so... Um, yep, and then after that was the main event. The Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. 
backstory on that though that was cool to watch. Yeah. They beat Randy Savage and Virgil, he holds Miss Elizabeth. And shout out to Virgil. Uh hope you get better despite your health despite your health yeah, woes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I hope I hope he recovers from the cancer. Same here. For sure. He's got dementia too. Damn. Slight dementia, yeah. That must be related to some some of the hard knocks from wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Bucks. they threatened the Mega Bucks were Andre the Giant and the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. So they threaten and bribe the special guest referee, Jesse the Body Ventura, to have things go their way. Mm-hmm. They, yep. They tried to, at least. Well, they did. But it backfired somehow, some way. Didn't the, the Mega Bucks come out to... Oh, no, 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 no. The Mega Powers came out, came out to Macho Man. Yeah, team. it came out to Macho Man and ended with Hogan. Did, did you think... They, Savage and Hogan had no chemistry as a tag team. They didn't. Nah, they didn't at we all. We were just... We just at the time they were out, we were just kids, so like we, we just love loved, yeah, we just love them, to, yeah, their personas. Yeah, they had no, they had no chemistry together. DiBiase carried the Mega Bucks, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Because I hope um, at the time that was the beginning of Andre's health deterioration. So if you notice, yeah, he's, he's not barely as much. He's yeah, he's barely in the ring. Like he does very standardized moves, like mm-hmm. sit on you, yeah, choke you out, like because he was motion. His motion was very limited at the time. Exactly. Bro. So exactly. yeah, they were starting to slowly weed him out as a prominent heel at that time. Mm-hmm. That's probably why they had him slightly turn against Bobby Heenan in WrestleMania six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then by that point he turned face, but then got phased out. Yeah, his his, um his health was really bad at the time, so it was really bad. So he by ninety three he had died. Yeah, yeah, right right at his father's funeral, right after. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He knows, and also with the subtleties that we talked about earlier with this event with the win, the Mega Powers winning. Yeah, Savage. The you close they close up on his face when he sees Hogan hug Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Miss Elizabeth. The secret weapon. Oh, yeah. Her, yeah. her taking her skirt off to reveal her panties. No yams. She was cute, though. She, was cute, she yeah. had no yams, but she was cute. Uh-huh. And she she looked like a Hooters waitress, though. <laughs> I know. Especially I know. with the, uh, the, the flesh-colored style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. The yellow-red outfit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She was cute, though. Even throughout her tenure, especially earlier in, in the yeah, her first her first stint in the WWF, she was cute. I like they, they did definitely, and she, they dressed her up like a like an elegant queen, like, like a grown up door kind of. Yeah, she, not even not even that. Like her outfits were elegant. She had diamond earrings and stuff. She looked like she could pass for Diana or some oh, sort. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but she was pretty. She was very pretty. Elizabeth, yeah, she was very, very pretty. Very pretty. So, shout yes, out to yeah, her. Yeah, Savage. What, what was you thinking going with Sherry? Yeah, scary Sherry. Scary Sherry. Shout out to Queen Queen Sherry. Literally got on her knees on national television in front of the Warriors jump. <laughs> the Warrior looked like. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I didn't really even enjoy this match, dog. I didn't either. I mean, the other matches Weak. were better. The tag team matches were way better. Like the the demolition. Match yeah, was and then the first match was the was first match, and even um. Even the, uh, the 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 Bolsheviks one was decent. That was, was a lot of... yeah. The tag matches were better at this event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad inaugural event, but subsequent SummerSlams were better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you should definitely, when you get a chance, you should watch '89. Definitely, I think that's it was one. Better. That's one I have not seen. I will, I will see it. Especially my favorite match in there was Rude and Warriors rematch. That was when they like a, a face off or whatever. No, no, no. The face off, face off was some 
was from the Royal Rumble when they had right. the pose down. Right, the pose down. Yeah. At this point, Rude was the Intercontinental Champion because he had won it from mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Bobby. Yeah, and then he uh, he uh, he basically was defending it against the Warrior. You, you know what the original plan was for for the SummerSlam? What they were trying to have Ric Flair bring him over from from the NWA. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Back in '88, they were really trying to do that. McMahon wanted the main event to be Flair versus Savage. But Flair couldn't because of... Wow, I didn't know that. Flair couldn't because he was contractually obligated to the NWA. So they paired Hogan and Savage together to end their feuds with the uh, with the Mega Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, we wouldn't see Flair in McMahon's promotion until 1991. Yeah. Wearing the WCW belt. Gangster, dude. That's my guy, dog. Yeah, Flair, he... This is all... Uh, this, 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 this whole anecdote is according to Flair himself from his book, Be the Man. Oh, word. He's the greatest heel of all time, in my opinion. It's closely, closely second and followed by Savage. But Triple H, I say him because he made me hate him. Flair never made me hate him as a heel. Flair, Flair, was, Flair was amazing, dog. Flair was an amazing, like, he yeah. was, he, okay, I guess, I guess in that sense, if he made you hate him, but like, Rick, well, I guess when I was a kid, you didn't like him, but as an adult, as looking an adult. back, man, Rick Flair is a legend as a heel, man. I think he's the GOAT. He's, he's fun to watch as a heel. I mean, he's, I like he's a goat, man. I didn't like him as a face, especially when he had beautiful feuds with the with the, with the NWO. Was yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he was a heel, 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 yeah. He's a dirty motherfucker. Dirty man. Like like the feud he had with Randy Savage in 1991 when he came to the WWF. Yeah, it was photoshopping his face with Miss Elizabeth. He was having an affair with Elizabeth. She was remember Randy. Yeah, she was mine. <laughs> Before she was yours. Yeah, the promo, Woo! the promo of the phone call is oh, the funniest joke I've ever heard. <laughs> don't forget, don't forget the. What did he say again? Um, leave a message. Um, he said uh, after the whoop and after the beep. <laughs> Woo! Beep. <laughs> Savages, Savages Part 2, that was funny as hell. Oh, my God. Savages walks around, sweating. Untrue! Right, right, right. Right. Looking like he's constipated. As always. (laughs) Especially when he was, uh, uh, when he was, had that feud with Hogan. Oh, yeah, yeah, he played that up. Yeah, he definitely, he had some great promos for that. Um, But, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, That's definitely something new. I didn't know. But, um, yeah, shout out to Ric Flair. He's a... even the lifestyle that he was he portrayed was amazing mm-hmm. as a heel. So yeah, he was fun to watch. He definitely was fun to watch. His last match is supposed to be coming. When was it? Another few weeks. Oh, it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch it anymore. So I don't even know. That, that, that's, that's what it's billed as. I think him and Jeff Jarrett. Are oh, it's supposed to fight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, man. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comment section, people. Yeah, I don't watch wrestling anymore, so I don't even know. Y'all correct us. I, I caught it on Instagram because I followed Flair there. I do too. I just probably just missed it. I, probably, I even have Flair memorabilia. That's my guy, man. Um, but a lot of my fantasy football teams are named after Ric Flair. So they dubbed Ric Flair. Most uh, but yeah, what were your overall thoughts of this this, this event? Like, like I said before, it was a good jump off point. Mm-hmm. Um, the tag team events were better at this event than the solo mm-hmm. matches and the main event. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the most talked about parts of the event are the Ultimate Warriors' thirty second win and Miss Elizabeth Miss Elizabeth's um. Her, her her panties. Or what's it called? <laughs> yeah, her panties. Indeed. But what's it called? Yeah, like I said, the powers of pain match was better. The opening match, the bullshit. I mean, the, that was good. The Rougeaus and the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs yeah. That was a fun match to watch, especially yeah. with what's it called? Davy Boy power, power slamming them and just leaping right back up to his feet. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, the main event it had a lot of the main event had a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah, but it, it wasn't what it should have been. Build up, it never did with Hogan, man. I think I can't rem- I, c- I can't even remember any Hogan matches that I was like, this is actually a really good match. Maybe WrestleMania Five. Even that was even that was that was eh. and they still use that as archival footage. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Oh, WrestleMania 3 was probably his best one. Now that I look back. That match was probably his best one. Um, and also, Survivor Series 87 was a good match. The main event was a good match. Yeah, the, 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 the promo right before they came out, him and the yeah. team came out, I'm like, all y'all... I've, you, you, Yo, that joke was heavy. Some, some people see wrestlers, I just see a whole lot of white girl being passed around. Hell yeah. <laughs> look how hungry they are. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this man said, "Look, this man's pacing back and forth. Yeah. Look, <laughs> straight promo full of coke, dog. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! But that that match was was good. Yeah. I don't know if you ever seen it. It was a good match. Not the whole thing. Not the it's whole a really thing. good match. I think I think it was the best match of that that Survivor Series. So it was probably one of Hogan's best yeah. matches. Um, he also lost, but yeah, it was, was yeah, but yeah, but yeah. What were your thoughts of this one? I think it was good. I think it was a good inaugural one. Um." I liked it because it has a lot of the old classic wrestlers in there, but uh, I thought some of the other ones, subsequent subsequent ones, got were actually better and and you know, and as a collective body than this one. Right. So, but um, yeah. Outside of maybe the Heart Foundation match, like you said, the tag team matches were all good. Um, it was okay. It was okay. So, shout out to. The inaugural SummerSlam. Yeah. I enjoy most of the SummerSlam, so shout out to this being the inaugural one. And rest in peace to all the superstars that have passed since. A lot of them have in there, so. Bad News Brown, both the, both the British Bulldogs. <clears throat> yeah. Nikolai Ro- Rick Rude. Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Dino Bravo, uh, Jim Neidhart. Mm-hmm. Big Boss Man, Hercules Hernandez. Yeah. Macho Man, Miss Elizabeth, Andre the Giant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, on to the next, right? Uh-huh. And finally, we, we arrive at Genius, a Kanye trilogy. Shout out to Ye. Mm-hmm. The documentary film directed by Cootie and Sheik about the life of rapper, record, record producer, and fashion designer Kanye West. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix, they bought the rights for a documentary about Kanye for $30 million. And they have archival footage in there. From the past two decades, including his career in music, fashion, it covers the death of his mother, and even his unsuccessful bit 2020 presidential bit, <laughs> yeah, 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 which which was <clears throat> which shouldn't have been taken seriously in the first place. <coughs> yeah, 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 man. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yep. Um, keep going. Let me get a chance after you okay. catch your breath. I'm gonna catch my breath. Yeah, I'm parched. <laughs> I'm parched. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. It's divided into three parts. Um, yeah. They had a limited theatrical run just for one night only on February 10th, 2022, which was the 18th anniversary of the debut of Kanye's record, first out in the college Kanye dropout. dropout. Yeah. Not to mention my 39th birthday. That's right. Shout out to Beaver, man. Yeah. He has three parts that was divided in Vision, which came out on February 16th of this year. Um, Purpose and Awakening, those were released in weekly intervals, uh, February 23rd and March 22nd, respectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the three parts. Vision. Yep. 
That part, the first part, was Kanye struggling to be taken seriously as a rapper while still trying to get a record deal. I mean, he could produce, no doubt. Yeah. But he could also rap and wanted to be taken seriously in that aspect of his, of his musical musical repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 90-minute segment showing how his boy, Cootie, yeah, he shot a lot of the archival footage that we see in this documentary. How he met Kanye while he was interviewing Mace and Harlem World back in 98. Yeah, Jermaine Dupri's party. Mm-hmm, Jermaine Dupri's party, that's right, yeah. yeah. And it takes us through Kanye's time from, he, from when he was living in New Jersey and coming off of producing like nearly half of Jay-Z's Blueprint record in 2001. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, he's just still a young man focused on his music. He's not designing, he's not a fashion designer. He, he hasn't gotten all big-headed yet. Mm-hmm. And looking back at his archival footage, it's it's nostalgic in many ways. Yeah, yeah. The oversized clothing, the double XL clothing, baggy clothing we had yes, back then. Yes, yes, um, the, the, the oversized throwback jerseys and the fittings that went with them. The chains, the signs, even the figures and technology, like two ways back then. Yeah, flip phones. Flip phones, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, all them shits have gone the way of the dodo boat. In hip-hop, you never know. It's it's cyclical. I will say that, though. Like, even this, despite, like, the dated, you know, fashion looks and, you know, styles, you definitely see Kanye. Kanye is definitely, he's got a good taste in fashion, even then. Like, what he wore was very different from what other people were wearing at the time, even though his fashion, it was still, it was still, it was was still urban and within the whole aspect of wearing baggy clothing, which is why you probably couldn't wear it now, but a lot of like the combinations I thought were very nice. Like I thought, yeah, Kanye, Kanye definitely could dress, like you could tell, like um, he's got a good fashion sense, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of bagginess, he wasn't. I mean, he even emphasizes when he's coming up. Like, even when I make it as a rapper, I want to be the best dressed rapper. Yeah. Along a lot of times in, in the documentary, but like, yeah, you definitely see he has a good sense of style. Um, even back then, like his style stood out in the midst of everybody else. I mean, people hate on Kanye and for, and for good reason. Yeah, but what's it like? You can't deny the man's talent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, the second part, uh, purpose. That that starts off like right after Kanye's infamous car accident, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it talks about the creation of his first album, The College Dropout, and the critical success following its release. Yeah. After he signed with Rockefeller, though, they still weren't making Kanye a priority as an artist. I mean, mm-hmm. they still wanted him just to produce, produce, other, yeah. produce other people's shit in house and out of their house, like Talib Kweli or Pharrell Mosh or one of them. Mm-hmm. He did he did work for them. Um, yeah. well, I don't know about Feral Mosh, but Quali. Quali, definitely. And even most. Yeah, most Def, too. Yeah. yeah um, he, um, it, it took him even forever to finally get Dame to sign him. Dame was like, yeah, we're, we're going to give him a record label. It, even, it took a while before they even did that. Mm-hmm. Cause, but they kept him around because of his genius in production. So yeah. like, yeah, we'll get you to produce this person's mu- uh, album. This person's album. I mean, his his production style has definitely evolved since then. But oh, yeah. Back, back oh, yeah. then, with his sample-based style, it's like, I couldn't wait to hear when he came out with Yeah. It, it was very soul-centric, Chicago yeah. style. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was definitely on that chipmunk soul, high-pitched vocal samples back then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he knew how to find loops. He knew how to find the musical part and just loop it and manipulate it. And he yeah. can chop drums really good, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and ironically, the only reason he was in that car accident was for the very same... Was for the reason... Was for the reason that Rockefeller relegated him. He was doing other people's music. That's true. Yeah. That's true. He was an L.A. producer. Whose album was that at the time? 
forget whose album it was. Was it one of the state property people or no? It was in L.A. at the time. Was so LA, I, don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We see during this documentary, this portion of the documentary, he had cameos from Ludacris, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Scarface. People he, people he was working with, he had Scarface. Uh, and, and Pharrell. Pharrell from the Neptunes, yeah. 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 Because we see Kanye play Through the Wire for the first time for Pharrell. And this gives a full version of what we saw in the Through the Wire video. video man. Pharrell walks out of the studio. Yeah, yeah. And they had history in the making and the caption. Yeah. That's because Kanye, it was like professional respect between two producers. Yeah. Yeah, Kanye played Pharrell, his music, and Pharrell's like, I can't believe, I can't believe I can walk out. Yeah. And you could tell, more so with Pharrell than any of the artists that he was working with, Pharrell saw what could be with Kanye. Because Pharrell is... Is also eclectic in, in his taste for like art, um, artists, and beats. So I think Kanye at the time was even ahead of his time. He wasn't, what he was rapping about was not prominent in the game. No. You hear that shit now a lot with people like J. Cole and a few others that are not necessarily hood rappers. He was more of an everyman. Yeah, it was more of an everyman type of thing. But like, he was very gifted at what he did. And I think Pharrell saw that when he, he heard Through the Wire and some of his other. He's like, whereas Scarface was like, oh, this is dope. But it was like, eh, it's dope. <laughs> That's it. Like, he didn't, he didn't really hype. Not even really hype it up yet. Yeah, yeah. And he got the Guess Who's Backbeat from, from, from uh, Kanye, which was dope as hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. In addition, also, because Rockefeller or Def Jam didn't believe in Kanye, mm-hmm. the Through the Wire video, which uh, Kanye and Cootie shot together, mm-hmm. Kanye financed that video with his own money. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. Um, and, like, I think... Through the first two parts, like the the uh, the per- the vision and the purpose, like you really see um, his struggles and his journey. Um, at the same time, you see snippets of his self-absorbment. Like he, you can still see signs of what could become of Kanye. I think, but I think it's also important to realize that we all have all of that. All of us have that in us. Like we have a sense of humility. We have a sense of arrogance. We have a sense of, you know, just being, you know, self-absorbed. But it's all, all about being self-aware and yes. finding that balance to know when to suppress and elevate those things. Um, and I, I think it's also important to, to know how to speak in your environment, to how to deal with people in your environment, which comes with more or better self-awareness. Yeah. But I'll get into that a lot more later. Um, but at the beginning of that, you see more of Kanye's humility and hunger to, you know, want to make it. Succeed, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he always believed in himself, which is good. That's why, like, when I was saying, like, being self-absorbed is not necessarily a bad thing all the time. Like, you have to believe in yourself and believe in what you can do. There's a threshold to it. Exactly. It's yeah. a threshold to have. You yeah. don't want to exceed that threshold because then it becomes arrogance. Um, but at that time, like, you could tell he bet on himself when nobody else did. Maybe his mom was yeah, the only other knows. person that was, like... Um, not even the one guy he he idolizes the most, Jay Z. Yeah, he he I mean, wasn't even like right. He wasn't even sold yet. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, um, you see that um, in his grind and struggle to make it. Like he goes around the Def Jam building playing "All Falls Down." Nobody really plays in mind. Yeah, that song becomes a hit later on. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, um, but like Def Jam, you hit yourself. You, somebody needs to hit you all over the head, right? Leor Cohen, Kevin Lyles, whoever was there at the time, right? Yeah. Exactly. And even when he starts to get recognition a little bit in Chicago, this is after like Blueprint was starting to, you know, people were like acknowledging 
Kanye did this production for Jay, mm-hmm. such and such. Um, and he goes and he's interviewed with one of these uh, <clears throat> networks or or stations in, in Chicago. And he gives credit to No ID and uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, Dillow, no, Doug Doug Infinite or whatever. Yeah, Doug Infinite, yeah. And when, when they relay that interview out, they leave out Doug Infinite because No ID is more popular. Is the more popular of the two producers. And Doug Infinite... Felt some type of way. I feel too. I mean, he's more than just a guy that did Commons records. Right, but like he felt like Kanye didn't acknowledge him. At the end of the day, there's one thing people don't understand. Nobody owes you shit. Ever. Ever. So like, even if you helped Kanye to produce beats, he can choose to acknowledge you or not. That's not on... That's... You don't... You don't... You're not entitled to that, even though you deserve it. Yeah. So for him... To make a diss track about Kanye is telling about him <laughs> a lot of just because Kanye didn't mention his name, but but Kanye did mention his name. It was the whoever the the publisher did not include his name in the um, interview. So Kanye actually had to go and explain to him, as you right. saw in the scene, like yo, mm-hmm. I, I told them that you and you know um, No ID were very influential. They so happened to leave your name out. And you're over here making a diss record. At the very least, reach out to me first yeah. and kind of clear it up. Clear it up, yeah. And I think we as human beings do that a lot. It's like ego. We feel, yeah, we, our ego gets ahead of us. Like, at the end of the day, nobody owes you anything. <laughs> like, we're all here because of other people helping us to get here. Well, some people owe you money, but that's one thing. Well, yeah, that, when, when that, that's the case, that's different. But, I mean, a lot of times we're here because other people help us to get here. And you will also help somebody else get even further than you or somewhere I mean, that they you, get. I mean, you can choose You can choose to like pay it forward, yeah. Yeah, favor, but and, and it'll be nice. It'll be, it'll be courteous. Ultimately, it's like you really don't have to. Thank you. It, it'll be courteous. It'll be courteous for someone to acknowledge yeah. what you did in their sometimes, life. Sometimes, what's it called? Sometimes I do something for somebody, I don't want nothing back. Yeah, I'll absolutely. A lot of times I'm like that. But like at the end of the day, like we... <laughs> Our egos make us feel entitled, so yeah. like we always want some form of acknowledgement. Oh, I did this, and he didn't say it. so. He made a diss track for him. Kanye was hurt, obviously. Yeah, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't he, the thing is, Doug didn't have a full understanding. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have he a full. Exactly, he jumped the gun. Um, I get why he was hurt, but to make a diss track is just kind of it kind of illustrates all our egos here and there. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, his we saw early is how influential his mom was in his life, and. And when he's down and feels like shit's about to hit the fan, she knows what to say or what to do to uplift his spirits to get him get him going. So when she left, when she died, it's like, yeah, we noticed a shift in Kanye's behavior. Mm-hmm. Even then, like, before she died, you could tell um, he wanted to keep her as close to him as possible, making, him, making her his manager and stuff. Yeah. Because I honestly feel like this fame shit was getting... He didn't expect what it came with, a lot of it, like, what he had to deal with. So, like, he was, like, she was, like, his voice of reason slash his groundment, his grounding. Um, and then when she left, I don't think he had that ever again. I don't even think he still has that now. He no, might have I mean, one or two people, but, like, I, I think a lot of them are more so yes men. Yes men, yeah. Than, than actual, actually, actually help them. Yeah. Like, you always need someone from, from the sandlot that knows you for who you are and not who you've become. Um, so when you're getting out of hand, they can be like, yo, you need to sit your ass down and come back down to earth. And that's where the last part actually takes place. Awakening where Cootie and Kanye, they grow apart. Yeah. 
Yeah. It even starts. I think that even begins in the purpose part. Like they start. It starts there. Yeah, yeah it starts there, and uh, but it becomes more clarified by awakening. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Kanye's life and success, and they only reconnect to one another because of Kanye's meltdown over his mother. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, of course, Kanye excels in his career, winning Grammys for his first album, teaming up with like big time producers, mm-hmm. and Cootie as his first child. Yeah, shout out to his, his daughter. She was she was she was awesome even on the show. Even yeah. though she made brief cameos. <laughs> she was pretty awesome. She's so bubbly. And Cootie has the best point of view about Kanye's actions, his changes and, yeah. and, and his mental state. I mean, because he's new Kanye from scratch. Yeah, Sandlot, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And another thing I noticed about the Awakening episode was that the um it doesn't cover any of Kanye's other records like post late registration. Yeah. Some of them were great. <laughs> Graduation was dope. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was dope, but Amazing. that's not discussed. Yeah, not, not discussed. It talks about Life of Pablo. Life of, pa- Life of Pablo, a lot of people hated it. I actually thought it was a good album. It was, it was not good. quite what he had done pre- previously, but it was good. It was the one... No, no. Jesus was before that one. Jesus was, Jesus was not too good. I didn't like Jesus. I like Jesus better than Life of Pablo. I like Life of Pablo. I like Life of Pablo. Uh, I thought it was good. I just thought I just thought it was a little underwhelming for Kanye standards, but it was a good album. Um, and then I forget what was after that. After a while, I stopped listening to him because he started getting on my nerves. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think overall, his problem, Kanye's problem, was like when you become too self-absorbed, um, you you lose the sense of empathy, um, and you don't you're not as self-aware to know. Like, for instance, in an environment, what how I communicate with you could be very different from how I communicate with Julia. Yeah. Because you guys are different personalities. It's up to me to be self-aware to know how I can get to you yeah. and how I can get to her. But a lot, a lot of times when people are so self-absorbed and... They think it works with everybody. Yeah, they, they just, they just want to get what they have to say out mm-hmm. and not give a shit about whatever is around them. And that that is um, very... Like you said, narcissistic and like, like, like teenage girls, like someone just very sullen, <laughs> sullen, self-absorbed. Yeah, like uh, we. I think we all, to some extent, suffer, have or we do have still, it, yeah. still suffer from that. But like, it's important to be aware of your environment. But that comes with also being aware of self. And you're yeah, aware of self. Is yeah, the key. exactly. So you need to know how to. It's okay to also like mean well and get your point across, but there are ways to do it. In such a way that you don't come across as you're you're cocky or arrogant, arrogant yeah. and stuff. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people mistake, oh, I gotta be hundred uh, percent honest with mm-hmm. actually being, you know, telling the truth. All the exactly. There's there's yeah. there's a fine line. And I tried that before too when I was younger. Yeah, just, yeah. just blunt, just telling the nah, truth. but it's like it does not work. It does not work. You gotta be aware of who you're talking to, yes. aware of yourself, and know how to communicate that that way. Yeah, some people won't be able to handle that. Exactly. And you I think it's I mean? very selfish and, and it lazy a, when and it makes a bad impression. Exactly. I think it's very selfish and lazy when you're like, nah, I have to tell the truth, and a lot of times. He, clearly, Kanye doesn't fact check. <laughs> he just whatever he feels, he just feels is right because that's why, he got, that's why he got along with Trump so much. Exactly, exactly. So I think, and I, I don't think his his environment, like we said, is very um, honest with him, or critically, or should I say, uh, constructive. Yeah, they're paid, they're paid yes, man. Yeah, and uh, I think that's his biggest downfall to today. Like 
you know, why people don't really see him in the same light anymore. Um, You're not honest with yourself. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like we said, like all those traits, you have to find that perfect balance. And that comes being self-aware. Kanye doesn't really take that into heed. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'm a genius. I'm right. You're wrong. Listen right. to me. Mm-hmm. And when the shit falls apart, you make like a... Like an arrogant like te- uh, tech startup CEO. Yeah, exactly. And he would make like, even in that, he would make like an arrogant apology. Like, yeah. this is not sincere. You can tell it's not it's sincere. sincere. Yeah, your real yeah. apology comes with change behavior. Yeah, exactly. So, um, if you remember that apology that the game and 50 Cent did back in 2004... Like, we want to come to a peace yeah. for hip-hop because when do we stop? We wanna, yeah, 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 yeah. They dab each other up. If you kiss them on the cheek, we're like, yeah, this is so... Y'all gonna go back to beef in another few months or two. <laughs> and they did. They're still beefing until today, dog. 50-50, my goodness. Yeah. He holds the Guinness Book of World Records for holding for grudges. grudges and stuff. Yeah, man. But, yeah. Um, yeah, back to yeah. I, I, I think... I know, I know now he's diagnosed as being bipolar and stuff, but... I think his level of self-awareness is poor and he's just so, he's in his own little unrealistic bubble. And that's, that's why he is where he is today. Um, even more so than the bipolar uh, diagnosis. Um, this, this documentary just made me sad, personally. Me too. I, I found it hard watching the, the, the third part. Yeah, Kanye of old, I, I miss Kanye of old. Because th- Kanye, as we know him now, is a fucking train wreck. I don't think he's coming back. Uh, I mean, the genius music will probably still be there from time to time, but the person, I, I don't think it's coming. I don't think he's coming back. Though. I mean, it's not even an evolution, really. It's, yeah, it's fame and what it can do to a person. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of times he means well, but the way he comes off, he just the way he comes off. He's just arrogant, and he doesn't. He like doesn't the, like the Taylor Swift joint. Yeah, he doesn't take lightly to. Uh, Constructive criticism either A lot of times He's just kind of like No I'm right you're wrong Yeah um, Like the excerpt uh, Diddy just shared with us On the thread When he's like I only listen to people That are younger than me People that are older than me Cannot possibly advise me I'm like so Why not What uh, Why not You can, you can learn a lot From an older person Even in that they were, He had some valid points Here and there But How he came across Was just Was pathetic <laughs> Arrogant. Yeah, just very arrogant, and like, um, you you ain't as good as you think you are. Yeah, he means well. It's just like or someone like Ali. I mean, people call him arrogant, but it's like, eh? yeah, I mean, yeah. He talks shit in order to cover up his own anxieties about the fight. But when he got in the ring, he handled business. So that said, is it still arrogance if you back up your gumption? Yeah, I right, 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 right. And like, some of it shouldn't come as a surprise. It's, because even in the beginning stages of the documentary, you saw hints of how this could get, how he could get to where he is today, like yeah. the arrogance part. Um, but uh, even Cootie, at the, by the end of the, of the documentary, you could tell he was very sad, and just more so at this point, I'll just like, more so on the lines of I'm just praying to God that yeah. things go well for him because he. I think he realized even he was at the point where he couldn't help his friend anymore. To see somebody he no longer recognized. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, some, <laughs> even the there was a point in the third part of the, the awakening where yeah. he's like he's filming him talking to some businessmen in Dominican Republic, and he was it was the conversation was so cringe mm-hmm. that he was like I, I couldn't even record this any further. He had to stop it because right. Kanye was talking about like oh they're trying to assassinate me, but they didn't know they're messing with Deadpool. I have this on lock. He's like, yo, yeah, I'm going to stop. Yeah, I'm going to stop, stop, stop this right now. 
So uh, yeah, let me know your spatial awareness. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You still listen to his music? Just the older stuff. I haven't gotten into anything newer from Life of Pablo because there were. I couldn't tell the bootleg version or oh, or a yeah. real version that I got, but whatever version I got, it's like okay. Um, call me, call me when you when you get some quality again. Got you. Uh, you listen to Donda at all? I, I did. I did listen to Donda. I listened to that that gospel album he had. I didn't listen to the gospel album. I just I didn't think it was authentic. So I it's not. It's not. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I knew. I was like, this is just a money grab or just Kanye thinking he's all of a sudden a prophet and you know, but. I heard it was musically great, but I just didn't feel like it was coming from a good good space in gospel. So I, I didn't, I didn't get into it. That's why I couldn't hear it. It's like, what's it called? I, I just... And granted, I don't go to church as much as I one would think I should. Mm. But with Kanye, it's like... Yeah. Dude, what are you doing? Yeah, I listened to Donda. It took me like two listens before I appreciated it a little bit. It's, it's decent. Yeah. It's decent. Um, but like I said, it's just... Kanye is just... I hope as his kids mature, it'll help him kind of switch his perspective on life. Because being a father, especially a girl dad, it yeah, a lot of our friends that are girl dads, they changed. Yeah, they did have a yeah. dramatic personality shift when, yeah. they, when they had daughters. Because you're forced to kind of, like I said, if you're very self-absorbed and like thought you had everything on life, when you have kids, you're just humbling because you want the best for your kids, and this world is a shithole. So like. It's scary raising kids in this world. And yeah. at, at the same time, like, you want them to be good human beings first, before anything. Mm-hmm. Like, to be actually a good human being that loves, that loves. Um, so, hopefully as his kids mature. Yeah. I, and I, you can tell he's a good dad. Like, a lot of times, North even, even, even um, Kim says he's a great dad. And you can tell Kim actually authentically loved him. I don't really do the social media, not the social media, the... Uh, Reality TV stuff, so I don't know yeah. what the dynamic was on there, but well, you can well, she, tell. Well, she didn't get rid of him as quick as she did with what's his face, uh, Chris Humphreys. Yeah, yeah, that was the, the, she was also very young, at the, much younger at the time. But like, even now, whenever she never really spoke ill of Kanye, you can tell she loved the guy. She actually authentically loved Kanye. I don't know much too much about their relationship, but you can at least tell when people are being real about something. Yeah, and she always like emphasizes how good of how good he is as a dad. So. I mean, as his kids mature, hopefully, like they'll see something uh, and they'll be able to like, what's yeah. it called? like force him to get into agree maturity. Yeah, maybe exactly. not directly force him, but him looking at them and how they're turning out and how right. they're knowing and how they know how they're aware of him. Yeah, force him to make a shift. Right, and it'll hopefully like it'll force him to be more empathetic to towards people in general. Yeah. Um, I know you can tell he always means well, but at the same time. His narcissism and arrogance just kind of overshadows. It just, all that oh, way. exactly! It always goes left because of that. So, mm-hmm. it's a good documentary, though. Uh, very nostalgic, as Sai said, especially the first two parts, because yeah. you also you also like imagine or remember yourself, reminisce where you were when all this was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were mostly in college at the time, so it was like you're like, yeah, I remember this. I remember this era. That oh yeah. yeah. Kanye, yeah, when he dropped his, yeah, that was my college years. Yeah, and also, like, this is, you also get inspired by how determined he was to make it when things weren't going so well for him and stuff. Yeah, he was hungry back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, like, he, he more or less started a trend, dog, like, of the educated slash backpacker rapper. Uh, at the time, that's one of the reasons why they didn't take him seriously, because he wasn't the street guy. Yeah. Even though he came from the streets, he avoided that street life. 
Um, they literally, literally had a backpack on like a backpack. Yeah, yeah, and like one of the one of the well, I won't say one of the first, but one of the prominent rappers to like really include fashion sense in his lyrics as well. Um, well, that's debatable. I know Biggie did. I know even Tupac a little bit, and mm-hmm. Jay Z also spoke a little bit about. But Kanye lived it as well. Like he incorporated it his, his style as well. And they made it. And made it another avenue to get rich too. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As you can see now, he's a billionaire for mm-hmm. aspects that are not even music related. Right. But uh, it branched out. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. of his shoes. Because the, the music industry, it's 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 a soulless industry. Yeah, it is. It is mainly. I think he got rich mainly because of his church and the shoes, more so than his music. Even though the music did help. Um, I mean, he got. I mean, he did like what's it called? Just still produces other people's stuff, so he gets paychecks from that. That as well. Yeah. So, um, I, I wish him well. I just. I can't take him seriously until I, until I can take him seriously. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah, what were your overall thoughts about the documentary? It was a good documentary. It definitely shows the dichotomy between Kanye as he was and as he currently is, and gives actual journey for the reasons for why he, why he currently is as he is now. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it makes me it makes me sad because like what's it called? I miss Kanye of old. I miss I miss the beats he used to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even his the early, even the early stages of his arrogance, I could take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the beginning, it was kind of laughable, funny. Like you could yeah. laugh, like this guy's funny. But then, <laughs> when you realize that he had a problem, that's when it doesn't become as funny. Anymore. Yeah, and also he's at the beginning he wasn't this prominent, so like. Now he's he's got a lot of money. He's got a, he's a, he's, he's a known. large he's known. He's in a large platform, so his influence is obviously bigger. So when he just spews rubbish, it's kind of cringy and annoying. Um, like when he went about saying slavery was a choice, stupid stupid statements like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's tough, especially in that era where like um, it was around Donald Trump's campaign. Yeah, and he was. At the time, he was spewing a lot of division within yeah. the country, and and I was looking at Kanye like, "Are you trying to make fun of Trump, or you actually believe it's right?" I, I think he did believe what he was saying, but like again, like he doesn't fact check, he doesn't, and he's not surrounded by other intellectuals that he takes seriously. Right. Otherwise, someone would have shut that down before he even got out. Um, obviously, because he, I, I don't think, I don't believe that was the first time he was saying that. He had said that a few times around his inner Private, circle, yeah. and then he came on TMZ and then ratted yeah, out like a test run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's unfortunate that this is what he's become. But I think, I think he's also struggling within himself um, now. You can kind of see signs of that, and he's this is a, he almost feels like he's alone. Especially, you get that vibe. Yeah. In the third episode, even though he has a lot of people around him, there's a like he's almost lonely. Even um, more so now, now with the divorce. Who knows? Yeah. What's he doing now? I don't. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but I, I definitely wish him well. Uh, he, it's it's tough. He's tough, man, because he's he's huge. He's he's, he, he's huge for, for the culture. He's super talented, and um, he definitely has a huge influence in hip hop and fashion. It's just, yeah, the other shit. That's mm-hmm. that's that, that's a problem. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like, I, like I said, Kanye of old, I miss you. Ah, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout out to Easy Man. Um, shout out. 
Yeah, it's sad. And hopefully things improve. <laughs> they evolve. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So they, they do change at the very least. Yeah. Any uh, last uh, statements before we? Uh... Yeah. Support black businesses, Word. both real and fictional. Word. Uh-huh. Word. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to Hypnotize Minds. You oh, know, yeah. if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Black businesses as well, I guess. The Mafia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another big... Chapter 2. Yeah, another big uh, influencer in the hip-hop culture, especially in production. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know if this hat is... I don't know who, who owns this hat, but... What's it mean? It's Capricorn. You know how we move. I'm you know an Aquarius. Move. No, I don't. I'm an Aquarius. Yeah, so yeah. Recognize. Yeah. Recognize Air, the air you breathe, we supply it. Oh, whatever, dog. We started end the year off with a bang. Anyway, I'll mm-hmm. holler at y'all. All right, y'all. It's a pleasure having you guys. Yeah, Comment. Episode, episode number eight. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you yeah. for watching us. Yeah, yeah please. Like, yeah, go ahead. Like he said, please comment on both our YouTube. Comment. Yeah, give us your thoughts. YouTube, mm-hmm. on our page as well, on Instagram. Um, leave, where can leave voice notes and stuff? Is there a way? Is there a way they can leave voice notes? Or Possibly on the audio platforms like a SoundCloud, maybe I guess. Okay, yeah. So do what you do. Give us. Yeah, send it to us. Get it to us. Yeah, get it. We want to hear what you guys think as well regarding all these topics. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate you listening as always. Uh, we're glad to have you. Um, circulate, circulate this. Spread us around. Metastasize yes. us. For, for sure, for sure. Spread the love. Yeah. We appreciate the love by you even giving us your time. So. Thank you. Take it easy. Uh, rest in peace, Cody. Yeah. See you next one, number peace. nine. Peace. We out.